the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's hour two of tonight's Andrea K. Show on National Cookie Day. Glad to have you here with me. Hopefully, you got uh, you went to the pantry, got you some cookies, maybe a little cup of coffee or something, and ready to hunker down for hour two because we've got some crazy stories to share with you guys. Y'all thought that things had gotten crazy, right? <laughs> I saved the real crazy on this Monday edition for hour two. And joining me. To help us break it all down is this guy here. He knows a thing or two about crazy. That's why he washes it all down with a little thing called sesame broccolini. Hello, DJ. I love me some sesame broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame broccolini. Oh, hey, AK, how are you? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. By the way, I got an email from somebody who said that they just love your laugh so much. <laughs> and uh, it is the best. And I'm glad that uh, we can always have something that we can laugh about in the midst of all this crazy. Um, we have a story for you a little bit later um, that's not laughable. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Um, I actually, I'm not sure how many of our topics for this hour are laughable, but Maybe we'll find something to uh, to giggle about. Um, the open border is a crisis that is liter- is manufactured. The Democrat Party, day one when Joe Biden took office, dis- intentionally decided to enable a conquest of the United States. And then in classic political politician form, they manufacture a crisis and then they come out and say that their crazy communist policies are are actually going to be the solution to the crisis that they created, which will only absolutely make things worse. Here we've got a clip for you of Senator Dick Durbin with his plan on how to solve the border crisis. What troubles me about the debate now about the southern border is it is one half of the immigration equation. Yes, we need order at the border. Yes, we need to have changes in the laws that reflect the reality of the overwhelming numbers from all over the world who are coming to our our shores and our border. But there is also an incredible demand for legal immigration into this country even now. The presiding officer, my colleague from the state of Illinois, has legislation which addresses one aspect of that. Her bill, and I hope I describe it accurately, says that if you are an undocumented person in this country and you can pass the physical and the required test, background test, the like, you can serve in our military, and if you do it honorably, we will make you citizens of the United States. 
Do we need that? Do you know what the recruiting numbers are at the Army and the Navy and the Air Force? They can't reach their quotas each month. They can't find enough people to join our military forces. And there are those who are undocumented who want the chance to serve and risk their lives for this country. Should we give them the chance? I think we should. And let me tell you about other... Oh, hell no. First of all, we don't need order at the border. We don't have a queuing problem. We've got an open border being flooded with illegal aliens. And yeah, they're military age. And quite frankly, that's the problem. Because they're not coming here because they want to volunteer and risk their lives for the United States of America. They're bringing drugs across, child trafficking, children that they themselves are raping. They're coming here as Islamic terrorists meant to destroy us. The best of them are coming here to suck the lifeblood of our economy here. They manufactured this crisis at the border, and they also manufactured the crisis within the military. We didn't have a recruitment problem until they decided to purge out all of the good recruits and the good grunts and the good officer corps who didn't want to get the shot for one. And then when you add in the fact that they're going around with they remove ROTC from high schools and colleges, they're going around demonizing, indoctrinating kids from K through uh, undergraduate to hate this country. Why would anybody volunteer? They open the border and now for specifically for a pathway to citizenship. And after destroying the U.S. military, they're trying to sell the open border as that solution. There's so much that's absolutely despicable about this. I don't I, 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 I can't even believe that this is happening in my country, Sesame. Yeah, well, I can't, I can't believe it either. And, and I will say that clearly nobody learned when Ronald Reagan, nobody was paying attention when Reagan said that his biggest regret was granting or signing the 1986 Immigration Act that, that granted asylum to millions of people in exchange for a promise a broken promise of securing the border. And sure, that they added some border security measurements, but again, you we say this all the time because it's true. You cannot have a country without a border, which makes me think, and this is maybe a cynical take, but maybe maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't. We'll see. But my, my sort of thinking here is that the government figures, well, if we can't please the current American electorate, let's import a new electorate. Let's import a new citizenry. Um, because why else would you want to open the border, leave it wide open, not just the ports of entry, but all the land in between those ports of entry? Why else would you send Border Patrol agents into Texas to take forklifts and and lift the border barriers? Why else would you sue Gov- Governor Greg Abbott and try to impeach Attorney General Ken Paxton in Texas? I, wh- why else would you let your own people be conquered, basically? Because that's what this is. It's conquest via democracy in the name of representing everybody. First, we bring the bodies here. Then in the name of representing everybody, right? No taxation without representation. We have to give everybody a voice and everybody a vote. And before you know it, the average American's vote isn't worth anything because people from El Salvador and Honduras and Cuba and now even China and Russia have come by the Mm -hmm. thousands, the tens of thousands. I saw some pictures online today of giant lines of people coming here illegally from China, from parts of Bangladesh, from Russia, from Ukraine. People are coming from all over the world. And and there's no end to this. record droves. And And when is there there going to be an end to this? Yeah, exactly. There is no end to this. 
And let me tell you, when 10 million, when 10 million of these people, and by the way, it, it, you know, they don't, they're not going to stop with uh, this military plan. Their plan is to give all the illegal aliens in this country citizenship. And they are lying to you and telling you 11 million. There's been 10 million that have come in just since Biden administration, just since Biden stepped into the office. This is the death of the United States of America. And yet they're still trying to hammer us for more money for Ukraine. Let that sink in. We're done as a nation. This open border alone. And yet the Republican Party still won't impeach. Oh, we got to be methodical when we impeach Joe Biden. The, the border alone is treasonous in what he is doing. And they refused to impeach Mayorkas, let alone Joe Biden. You, if, It's like you said, Riley, if you don't have a nation, if you don't have a border, you have no nation. And we don't have one at this point. And these are not asylum seekers coming here from uh, with their hair on fire being politically persecuted. You know, are, are there other systems around the world that are, are difficult to live in and painful? Yes, but we can't support the four billion people around the world coming here into the United States of America. We are perilously close, Americans, from being completely done as a nation. I, I uh, saw an old friend of mine this weekend and I hope he's not listening, but uh, some different, you know, things were coming up in the discussion about, you know, cost of living in San Diego and whether or not people should buy right now or wait. And do you get to a certain age? Does it make sense if you take on a 30 year mortgage? And I'm sitting there thinking, these are two really, really smart conservative friends of mine who apparently don't have any idea of really how dire things are right now in this country because we are completely being overrun. We're $34 trillion in debt. There's terrorist attacks happening. Somebody was stabbed outside the Eiffel Tower on Saturday um, in uh, uh, France. In Germany, in Western Germany, a couple of people were managed uh, to be stopped before they um, uh, blew up a truck at a Christmas lighting event. We've got terrorists coming across our border. Right. I, you know, we if the Democrat Party gets their way within two years, we're done as a nation. I, you know, I don't want to hear right now about whether or not somebody should be, uh, you know, signing on a 30 year mortgage. A am I being too doomsday, Sesame? Maybe not. I mean, I think, look, I, I don't want to underestimate how dire things are. I think there's still time. At least I'd like to think that there's still time. But I will say that. Well, we don't have 30 years. We don't have 30 and years. People, and we, people talking about, well, it depends on how long you're going to. We don't have that kind of time. No, we, fact, we, we don't we have that kind of time. Um, no. We, we have a little bit of time, but you're right. Now is the time to, to act. Um, and it is truly, for many people, honestly, something of a, of a privilege to be able to just say, well, I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to think about it because I, I remember working on campaigns and talking to people who would say every single day, taxes, inflation, world events, it's all eating into my savings. And it means I have to come out of retirement. I have to sell things that I've owned forever. I have to work multiple jobs. And there's a lot of us who can't survive another four years of Biden, Bidenomics. There's a lot of people who right. couldn't survive through the kind of tyranny of choose between your job and a jab. So, you know, to those to those who don't want to get in, get into it and get into the weeds and get messy, we have to. The fight is coming to us. Um, mm -hmm. Unless yeah. you want to lose everything that you've ever worked for, everything that you care about, everything that you love, because that is the truth. This country is different. 
post Biden. Yeah. I, I will think of America in terms of pre Biden and post Biden because he's done that much damage, and all of his people in his cabinet, from Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris to Buttigieg to Lloyd Austin to Alejandro Mayorkas, who somehow is being protected by eight Republicans. Which blows my mind because mm-hmm. it, yeah. it just is a reminder to us as Republicans. We cannot just assume that because somebody has an R next to their name that they're going to fight for us. We can't assume that they that they are loyal to the American cause and to their constituents. It, it, we have to do everything that we can to come out in this next election and put in America first types that will say things like close the border and then actually do it. Just yeah, to, look, to your point, it, no you more know, talking. Is, There's, right. We don't have time for let's do another impeachment inquiry. It's time to right. do the impeaching. The last well, two yeah, and a half years my, has been inquiry time. Now is the time for impeachment. Yeah, yeah. because the, the reality is, is that you know, I guess what I was trying to say in my conversation with my friends is that it's, it's though it was as though they were in the 90s. <laughs> in a sense, in terms of that's Eva, that's the way <clears throat> the finding the discussion about decisions and stuff. It was almost as though there was no acknowledgement. It's though it was, it was the nineties. And do we just wait for interest rates to go down? Da, 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 da. And it's like, you know, I, 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 I'm worried about greater than that. Okay. This is not the seventies. One of the things that bothers me is I hear so many comparisons to Jimmy Carter in the seventies era. We're far worse than we were in the Jimmy Carter. Are there some, I guess, similarities in terms of hikes of gas prices, but we in the seventies, we in the seventies were not looking at plans for a digital currency in which social credit scores were going to take place. You weren't going to have any cash. Everything was going to be electronic. And the plan was that you were going to, the government was going to decide what you ate, what you drove, what your your home looked like that you lived in. That is very real. It's not hyperbole that that's what the plan is. And it's not hyperbole that those plans are actually underway. And what I'm trying to say is not that those plans are in place yet and it's done. But my point is, is that it will be done if we don't stop acting like it's 1994 and get in the game and be prepared to do something to stop it. Or we will be there because we're on the cusp. We're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to continue this discussion. And uh, we might, we got to talk about Ukraine. We've got a satanic story to share with you guys. If you didn't realize how far down the road in this battle versus, versus good, versus, the battle of good versus evil and, and where we're at, this story will convince you how close we are to being over the edge to evil. Stay tuned. K, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. We covered a lot in that last segment. If you missed it, don't forget our podcast. Download them, covering all kinds of things. Last hour, um, I don't even remember now what we talked about last hour. That's how much we moved through all the topics of the day. So download the podcast wherever you get your pods. Um, at the open of this hour, we just talked about the plan the Democrats are putting forth that the recruitment issue with the military can be solved with all these illegals, all these young military age men coming across the border. And then, of course, they should be rewarded with citizenship. <laughs> right. Um, 
Meanwhile, uh, with our open border, uh, people are scratching their heads going, why are you asking for us more money for Ukraine? Because that's all about uh, the Ukraine borders. Um, I'm not sure why Colonel Chalfief, who was a spy who participated in a coup attempt of former President Trump. I don't know why anybody is is giving him the time of day. Um, He certainly doesn't have any military creds as far as I'm concerned. In fact, he got the nickname Colonel Chalfief because I think when it was during basic, uh, he was stealing other people's food. Um, Not unlike the way Ukraine has stolen our money. Um, but here is Colonel Chalfief, Alexander Vidman, talking about how we just might, might need, uh, the Dems might need to reframe the whole territory in Ukraine um, narrative. Um, how can they resell it to us? Uh, they really can't. But here's his pitch. I think that's very true. I think we need to reframe away from kind of optimistic scenarios how much territory Ukraine can gain to the reality of how do we avoid a catastrophic outcome? How do we avoid a situation in which which Russia regains the initiative and is on the march and uh, seizing more Ukrainian territory? That is the picture for 2024. That's the picture for 2024, frankly, even if Ukraine gets the funding that the White House has asked for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, I don't care about Russia marching across Ukraine. I care about the millions of people marching into this United States uh, of America that are from China, that are from terrorist infested countries, that are terrorists themselves, that are drug traffickers. It's just, it's disgusting to me that we're having any conversation about giving another dime to Ukraine. And so, of course, now they want to sell it from getting away from the, who's gaining what territory and make it be about the catastrophic outcome. Let's focus on the catastrophic outcome about to take place in our own country, given the open borders. Your thoughts, Sesame? Yeah, I'm just not really interested in this. Uh, no. But I do think it's hilarious because obviously we could have ended this war long before it even began. Donald Trump knew how to deal with Vladimir Putin and they, we never had any kind of real prospect of war with him. And of course, this whole money laundering scheme has proven to really just be a complete foreign policy failure for the Biden administration. It's just funny because I I can't believe the amount of gall you have to have to push all these utopia style optimistic situations where somehow our largely trans military (laughs) helps the Ukrainians defeat Russia um, and went back Crimea and went back Donbass and all of a sudden when, when Ukraine mm-hmm. is barely a functioning government itself or a functioning state itself was really just so sad. So I, I, you have to have a lot of gall to push all the anti-Putin pro-Ukraine war propaganda just to bleed through thousands and thousands of Ukrainian men for no reason with no mm-hmm. real progress on the ground and no real strategy, no real plan. Right. Just to turn around nearly two years later and say, yeah, so it turns out, uh, Republicans, you were basically right. This is an unwinnable war for us and for Ukraine. And we should just go with the next best alternative, which is some kind of peace deal where Putin keeps. Well, but see, they're not saying they want a peace deal. They're no, saying... you're right. But but they are. Yeah. But, so That's I guess you're right. They have to reframe doing. it because it's a losing cause and they know it's a losing cause. But, but... well, what, what he's saying, though, is they have to reframe it from talking about. Um, gaining territory and reframe it to the catastrophic conclusion. Oh, okay. uh, I think I yeah. think in terms of trying to sell it to us, that's how they have to reframe it. 
is that it's, you know, it's not going to be winnable. They have to reframe it to the American people in terms of how catastrophic this is going to be. Well, that's not my issue. Uh, <laughs> and, it, and if there's no way for them to win it, then they need to be coming up with a peace deal. But anytime that that's been mentioned, even when Elon Musk mentioned it on Twitter, uh, Zelensky didn't like that idea. Zelensky said, we're going to stay in this fight until they've actually are completely Russia's completely out of Crimea. And they've been in Crimea since what? Uh, the Obama administration. Yeah, 2014. Since 2014. So this is just nothing but a way for Zelensky to keep his hand in our pockets. And, you know, in the Middle East, I think they cut off the hands of pickpocketers, don't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's mm-hmm. it's actually funny. There was some woman who came to San Francisco from Afghanistan uh, earlier this year, maybe January, and she said that uh, the, the conditions in San Francisco with crime were so bad it made her miss Afghanistan because <laughs> at least back home, everyone was so afraid of Sharia law, no one would steal. Um, and, and if there were thieves on occasion, then they would be publicly executed. And that sent a message to all the other would-be thieves about what happens when you go around town mm-hmm. stealing things that don't belong to you. So uh, there's a uh-huh. weird sort Love of it. uh, raw. It's a very interesting sort of justice system. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I mean, look, I'm all about being tough on crime. I'm I'm fine with that, and especially when it comes to this Ukraine stuff because it's so corrupt over there, and it's just yeah. not it's not our concern, it's not our problem, but it's also just incredibly crazy. Think about it. I mean, a Burisma oil exec bribes the sitting vice president of the United States who later becomes president and then sends Mm -hmm. over a hundred billion dollars back to that same country from which the oil exec bribed him and his son. Of course it's legit. Yeah. Right. This is all (laughs) above board guys. But it does this Vinman thing though. It it just goes to show you that it's all about propaganda. It's all about controlling the narrative. It's the same thing they did with combating COVID or fighting COVID. Every single thing is just, they have to figure out a way to re-engineer. They'll just, basically change the narrative over and over and over again until their mm-hmm. desired outcome happens. Um, yeah, Opil- same thing, by the way, with climate change. Yep. Right now we've mm-hmm. got this COP28 conference yep. happening over in Dubai, speaking of nations that cut off your hands and Sharia <laughs> and brutalize people, including women. Um, but nevertheless, Hillary Clinton, who's never you know been to a Sharia country she didn't love, particularly when they were you know giving money to the Hillary, uh, to the Clinton Foundation, she's over there in Dubai. And, you know, the climate change, you know, narratives haven't been working. So now they've got, you know, none of their panic porn predictions have come true. So they've got to amp it up, right? They've got, they've got to take it to the next level. Well, here is um, Hillary Clinton amping it to the next level about deaths and climate change, Sesame. We're seeing uh, and beginning to pay attention and to count and record uh, the deaths that are related to climate, and by far the biggest killer is extreme heat. I mean, even in Europe last summer, which uh, has the ability to count and figure out what happened, they recorded 61,000 deaths because of the heat in Europe. We don't have that kind of number yet from Africa, Asia, Latin America, but we know and estimate that we probably... Uh, could uh, measure about 500,000 deaths. And the majority of those are women and girls, and particularly pregnant women. Uh- this is such grifting. This is such a misrepresentation of what science yes. actually is. This is so disgusting. Such a lie. 
It's absolutely disgusting. I'm thinking of all the summers growing up in the Deep South where it's like people stay indoors between the hours of 11 and and 3, okay? Because that's when it's almost 100 degrees and 90-something percent humidity and every age um, was at risk of heat stroke and dying from it because that's when you were not supposed to be out exercising and jogging. Of course, we'd be out on our bikes. And I can remember being riding with, with my sister one time, I think it was 12 and she was 16. It was in the middle of the summer and we were out on a bike ride and I told, I got to stop for, I die here. I was like 12. Okay. Because it's just, brutal down there. It's called weather. People have been dying from heat stroke and weather. People have been dying from floods. They've been dying from tornadoes. It's called weather. Okay. And, you know, the fact that they have managed to convince people um, that, that there's something that can be done to stop people dying from weather is astounding to me. And the fact that the, even worse is the fact that there's people that believe that paying a tax can somehow stop you from dying from heat is just even more astounding to me. Welcome to climate change where the weather is always your fault. And the only solution is more communism. Yeah, exactly. Because the commies uh, are going to somehow do what? And by the way, I mean, you know, so if it's a two degrees hotter in Vegas, okay, because it seems like, you know, and there is in in, uh, historic trends where some years are hotter than other years. Let me tell you, I lived for in Vegas for a year. Your body doesn't suffer anymore when it's 117 degrees than when it's 115 degrees. Have you ever been in Vegas in uh, summer when it was 115 degrees? Oh, yes. It's torturous. I've been in Palm Springs in the middle of summer when it's 110 out. I've been in Vegas a few different summers, like August, the end of September, too. It's brutally hot, but... Yeah, to your now, point. When though, it's, it's two degrees hotter, when it when it when it's two when it goes from 110 yeah, degrees yeah. one day to 112 the next, you don't know that it's any that it's any worse <laughs> when it's 112 degrees. Okay. Well, so it's such you a negligible miserable. change. Yeah, it's it's not enough to make a difference. <laughs> no, that's not what's killing people. Part of what's killing people, like in some of these countries, is they don't have any air conditioning and nobody's bothering to check on the seniors. Same thing in the winter, right? One of the things that's killing seniors and women and children around the country is when they're so poor from inflation, they can't afford to run the air conditioning or they can't afford to run the heat in the winter. That's what's killing them. Let's talk about the millions of people that died during COVID because they were shut in as healthy people into the lockdowns, right? Died from drug abuse, domestic abuse because they were locked in as healthy people. Let's talk about the people that died from being denied, millions and millions and millions of people around the country that died from being denied proven therapeutics so that that, uh, they could be forced into hospitals on ventilators and remdesivir blowing out their kidneys because hospitals were compensated for it. And that's not even counting the deaths from the shots and will currently past, present, and future. But this hag, they want to talk to us about deaths from climate change. No, step away from me with that. And by the way, uh, since it's in Dubai, the president of the conference is one of them shakes that wear the he- wears the headdress. And he said, there ain't any evidence that fossil fuels has got anything to do with climate change. <laughs> 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 because let me tell y'all, where did them sheiks get all that money? Honey, we know where them sheiks got it. They got it from that good old uh, crude 
that's in the ground. Right, Sesame? Oh, yes. That sweet, sweet petroleum. Made them <laughs> trillionaires. <laughs> <laughs> and they ain't about to give it up just because Hillary Kankles Clinton <laughs> rolled into town. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. Get that out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in fact, uh, you know, they they're sitting around talking to themselves about how in the world that she's in a Sharia country, how can they bump her off? How can they toss her off a roof? <laughs> you know they're talking about it. Oh, of course they're talking. Not. We'll see if anyone acts on it, but they're talking about it. <laughs> of course not. You know they are. All right, we're gonna take a break. We come back. We are going to share with you, we're going to get serious because there's a story about satanic rituals that you guys need to hear. Stay tuned. Andrea Kay, bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. We truly are in a battle of good versus evil. And you can see it, particularly the battle. We've got a few good people in the Republican Party in the Congress and Senate that are trying to get some stuff done for the American people. And they're being blocked uh, by many. And um, the, the, so much of the battle of good versus evil involves children and sex in this country. From the transgender crap that's being shoved on kids to the pornography. Um, we know that the Democrats have been deep into pushing all of this. And and we still don't have answers in terms of the pedophilic, I don't know if that's the right term, uh, trafficking of children that, that took place with Jeffrey Epstein. It defies logic and any rational thought that the woman that was working on behalf of the uh, Jeffrey Epstein and on behalf of the um, Johns who, who had sex that were actually raped, the, the Johns that actually did the raping didn't get prosecuted in any way. No, the woman that supposedly connected them did. Now, don't get me wrong. Ghislaine Maxwell is an absolute monster, but an equal monster to her is any of the men that raped these young girls. And yet the prosecutors in that case one of which was James Comey, not uh, yeah, James Comey, former FBI Director Comey's daughter, made sure to seal the logs, the Epstein flight logs. Well, Marsha Blackburn, Senator Republican uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, has subpoenaed those records, and she is being blocked by um, none other than Senator Dick Durbin. You know, the one that we played the clip earlier wants to give uh, you know citizenship to all the illegals. Uh, here's what Marsha Blackburn said today. Well, if you were not watching C-SPAN and if you didn't see that Judiciary Committee hearing today, this was quite a mess. But we were trying to get my subpoenas of Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs and the subpoena of Sotomayor and her book deal, things that weren't reported, but we have found out about this through the news. And, of course, the chairman blocked it all, cut it off. That's not how this committee is supposed to work. That's not how this country is supposed to work. The Congress and, and none of the committees, not the FBI, the DOJ, none of them are supposed to be working uh, to a, a, as institutions for the purpose of covering up crimes. But that's what's taking place. 
And it's bad enough when it involves a, a, a Supreme Court justice writing a book and making royalties or whatever, or whatever ethics or whatever, you know, violations that may be. But when it comes to Epstein, we're talking about the rapes of young children. We need to know who these Johns were and they need to be prosecuted. Right, Sesame? Well, absolutely. I, I just cannot believe it. I mean, I guess I'm not surprised that the swamp creatures are fighting back and working hard to protect their own. But this has got to be such a massive, massive uh, flight log, and his client list has to be huge because so many people are working hand in glove, concertedly in F- in Congress, just just completely to bury any sort of lead or evidence or any theory mm-hmm. that that even touches on on the truth about what's going on because it seems like. Jeffrey Epstein was just running a giant on one hand. It was absolutely just, I mean, it's all evil, but it's political. It's human trafficking involved. I'm sure there's financial transaction transactions and personal enrichment for the people that are his clients who were, I'm sure, you know, hanging out with each other, but it's just, I mean, how, how, how much, how sick do people in Congress have to be until the American voters demand better? Um, Yeah. Good question. Because it's just, this is so much more. I mean, there's so many crimes in, in Washington, D.C., and the insider trading and selling out our secrets to the Chinese or to Burisma. It's all bad, especially under this the administration. Spying, but the this surveillance, is, the, the spying on us. Yeah, the, uh, the mass surveillance, know. the censorship, the spying, what they've done to January 6th defendants, just, but just the cherry on top of it all. These people, especially folks like, well, Hunter Biden, legitimately seem like bad people, like people of poor moral character. Um, and I'm not here to, you know, to sit and judge because that's not my place. That's God's. But this government has to be based on certain moral principles that are baked into the Constitution. And that's what that's the whole point of having, you know, uh, uh, the self-governance thing is to prevent this kind of tyranny and corruption from from ever happening. This is just so disgusting and so sick. And it, it the fact that the swamp is working this hard to bury this information should tell us everything that we need to know yep. about the moral character of the average congressperson right now. Because yes. the fact that the establishment doesn't want us to see the truth on this and doesn't want mm-hmm. the real story to get to, to daylight. It's just all the confirmation I need. I don't even know that I don't even need to know the details. I know that it's terrible. It's scummy. It's depraved. It's immoral. Certainly, they're not proud of it. Um, I hope these people repent, by the way. As a Catholic, I'd like to, it's never too late to repent and turn to God and to turn your life True. around. Um, mm-hmm. Because th- this kind of just disgusting barbaricness, I mean, and with children involved, just really, really boils my blood. The exploitation of children to rob them yeah, of their well, childhood innocence, of, to right. rob them of their whole lives, yeah. to, to from, from day one, fill them with this mm-hmm. trauma and insecurity and this. Yeah. Horrible sense of, of just self-doubt, and it's just disgusting. It's disgusting, It's and it's criminal. We, we're not going to be criminal. able to save our country. Right, it is criminal. We are not going to be able to save our country without true accountability. Yep. And that means the criminals in Congress all being routed out and being prosecuted, and I don't care if they are a Republican or a Democrat. I do not care. I hope George Santos files an ethics complaint. I hope Malia's stock tips mm-hmm. goes by the wayside because quite <laughs> frankly, the Republicans are doing nothing for me. Why should I support them? Uh, you know, uh, They're not, right? I'm getting, what are they doing for me right now? So, you know, uh, we know that there was a string of um, brothels, weren't, weren't they, that recently mm-hmm. yep. uh, that, you know, involved Congress people. Where are the records of that? Brothels in Massachusetts that were servicing doctors, lawyers, congressmen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All throughout the D.C. area. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
for between $200 to $800 an hour. Your yes. taxpayer dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and how many of those were underage? How good many question. of those? It, it's a good if question. We, if we don't have the Epstein logs uh, on those, uh, that pedophile, you know, uh, operation, we don't know. We don't know that the that these were all adult women. It's still a crime. Speaking of uh, just evils in regarding children, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to finally tell you this satanic ritual story. We've been putting it off. Because, I think in part because it's just so demonic. It's at, literally and figuratively. Stay tuned. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I doubt many of you conservative women who listen to the Andrea K. Show read Cosmopolitan magazine. I haven't for many, many years, since high school, actually. And there was a specific article that my mother was like, no, you're not going to read this anymore. And it, that was so grotesque, I can't even share with you. So I haven't read it in many, many years. And now, uh, come to find out, Cosmopolitan has posted on Instagram how uh, you can get a, quote, ritualized abortion service at an abortion facility named after Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's mother. If that wasn't disgusting enough, this is a satanic abortion ceremonial service. Here's one of the things they said on uh, Instagram. What's it like to have a satanic abortion? Uh, For Jessica... Uh, and then they go on to describe uh, what the experience is like. And they even went on in future slides to, gu- to give instructions and the steps to have a satanic abortion ritual at the satanic abortion center named after Justice Alito's mother. Absolutely despicable. Absolutely disgusting. The ritual concludes by declaring, by my body, my blood, by my will, it is done. Wow. This is human sacrifice. We have now, this is no longer using the um, oratory skills of word machinations like uh, reproductive justice and women's health care. They're now out loud and proud that it's about human sacrifice. Sesame. It always has been. You know, at least they're finally saying it. This was never about women's choice. This was never about health care. This was never about planning for the future of parenthood, as they like to call themselves, Planned Parenthood, where the only thing they're committed to is making sure that you don't become a parent. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I hope this is a wake-up call for a lot of people because basically leftists, abortion advocates, this whole time, this is how they felt. They've just been co-opting certain arguments to normalize it for you folks who, you know... um, well, frankly, for, for those who are so empathetic to the mother and her position that they're totally okay with normalizing the murder of living babies whose lives begin at the moment of conception. Um, so it, it's, yeah. it's just it's sickening to me, but it's also 
weirdly it's sort of relieving just only in the sense that it's like finally we can stop pretending that this was ever about my body my choice or right. reproductive no. justice get that get that nonsense out of here this was always yeah. about the fact that certain people for ideological and theological reasons on the progressive left feel like modern man or i guess woman ought to be the arbiter of who lives and who dies and co- comedians like Michelle Wolf have been pushing this message for years and years. Michelle Wolf said that she got an abortion and loved it because it made her feel like she was God because she got to decide who lives and who dies. So this is how abortion advocates, the most radical among them have always felt. It's just since the days that Planned Parenthood was founded, this is how Margaret Sanger felt. It's just about time that people see this for what it is. It's always been demonic. It's always been evil. It's always been horrible. And we should end it right now. We should end the practice of abortion. I want a personhood amendment that protects people from the moment they're born until the moment they die. That's just me, though. I'm very pro-life and very well, disturbed by this kind of right pro-death, to, have, anti-human. Well, our Constitution says you have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of justice. I mean, what part of life do people not understand? Roe v. Wade was never about a woman's right to choose. Nope. It was never about anything related to law. Um, <laughs> it was always about a way to destroy the Christian, Judeo-Christian principles and values in which this country stood for. You want to take down the United States of America. You got to, you've got to take down the family. And how do you take down a family? You also have to remove God yes. from society yes. as well. And that's what it was always about. And now Cosmopolitan is saying, well, look, you know, they use religion as a way to deny abortion rights. This is us using religion uh, to defend it. They're not even hiding. And one of the justifications is that, look, as they're telling young women, Satan um, is an activist. So this is just right in line with with being being an activist for women's rights. Partner with Satan. That's literally what they're telling young women out there. And even if you're not a Christian America, you have to understand if you have a soul, how evil it is that they're using Satan to prey on young women to push abortion and actually getting them involved and encouraging satanic rituals. You don't have to, you don't, again, to, to your point here, that's right. You don't have to be a Catholic or a Christian to know this is fundamentally, I, I think most human beings at this point can intuitively sense that abortion is not a good thing to take away life is not a good thing. And to celebrate that it's, it's one thing if people came out and actually said something like safe, legal and rare. Again, I think that was just opening the door to this, but maybe some people actually did subscribe to that philosophy. That's a lot different than, well, we need to make sure that um, people celebrate their abortions and make them known. And you should strive to have one in your own life. And if actually, you're a man, because you're out there saying and, men should go get right. wombs installed and get pregnant themselves just so that they can do the same thing and join in on the fun. Like this exactly. is, this was always a, a death celebration, a humiliation yes. ritual put on by a death cult. Because these are the same people that are saying don't have kids because climate change. This is right. a death cult. That's what this yes. is. Beyond, to your point about good and evil, this is humanism versus extinctionism. That's yes. what's going on here. These people want to destroy the family unit because they really want to destroy mm-hmm. America, the big Satan, mm-hmm. and the West. They want the Christian West. They want to murder the, the Christian West and bring us back to the days of paganism. 
before the saints went through Ireland and Greece and brought Catholicism and Christianity. They want to take us back to the days of the pagan West, the witch mm-hmm. trials, Puritanism, yeah, absolutely. and we're on the path and, to and, it. Absolutely. And, and this is one way to do it. And the other way to do it is to stop them from even being able to get pregnant with transgenderism of little girls. Mm, Go ahead and get mm -hmm. your uterus taken out. Take these puberty blockers. And you boys, you won't be able to impregnate anybody if you take these puberty blockers. So so they've got a dual track here for their evil in ways that they are, are, are murdering. If it's either in the womb or it's outside the womb with their transgenderism. I hate to leave uh, the show on such a dark note, but there it is, America. It's the truth. It's the truth of what's happening. And we're going to continue to share the truth, including uh, continuing to sing the praises and recognizing that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, still, still sits on the throne. And we will be here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks to my listeners. Peace out. Love you all. Download the podcast wherever you get your pods. Email me, andreakshow.com. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 